It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. WFO Radio back in the studio following the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals presented by Protect the Harvest. The first race of the 2022 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing season. It was mega. And I'm not the only guy who thinks this. I've been asking around, right? Was it, did it live up to the hype? And everybody seems to agree. On this show, I know it's Tuesday. You're used to hearing Alan Reinhardt. Alan will be tomorrow because it seemed that all of our driver guests wanted to do on Tuesday because they're so excited to talk about the win. So you're going to hear from Justin Ashley. You're going to hear from Robert Height. You're going to hear from Erica Ender. So if you're a fan of these drivers, we ask you to share the show, put it out there on your social, whether live or later. So everybody out there can get excited as we are for the 2022 season. And just like that, we're headed to Chandler, Arizona for the Arizona Nationals. And so there'll be a little bit of preview conversation as well. What a race. It was so spectacular. Um, but we're going to talk to the drivers. And Justin is just seconds away. He's first up. Justin, then Robert, then Erica. So stick around. But first, I got to tell you about the people who make it possible. Genuinely, literally, make it possible for me to talk to drivers after they win. Like FTIPerformance.com. FTI Performance Transmission has been around for over 10 years, outfitting winners of big money bracket races, dot 90 winners, bracket racers around the country, and they can help you too with world with top contending transmissions and torque converters. Get on the phone, go to the website, check them out. They're in Deland, Florida, FTIPerformance.com. Paul Lee doing a great job. And uh, this weekend, they were chasing a little issue with some clutch discs, of course. But FTIPerformance.com, if you're looking to get started, you're looking for top-notch equipment, FTI gets it done. Many of the U.S. Nationals winners in the .90 categories, including Troy himself and many others, use FTI. Check them out. Go to FTIPerformance.com. And Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, Total Seal. .com. Matt Hartford and team. There's a new episode of Hidden Horsepower up, and we did a trackside tech talk in Pomona. Many of you WFO Radio listeners were there. Thank you for that, for coming out and learning a little bit more deeply about what's going on in the world of ring seal and uh, cylinder wall finish. They're doing a lot of great things, and they also sponsored Nitro School this week as they're trying to expand into the Nitro categories with their better ring package. Go to TotalSeal.com to find out more information. SamTech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Who's going to build all this stuff, right? Who are going to build the engines? Who are the crew members going to be? Who's going to go to work in these industries? It's SamTech graduates. Call Brian Massengill, SamTech.edu. They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill, and it's a great place to get started with your education. Whether you want to end up in motorsports or aerospace, SamTech can help you out. Then there's Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, which is, you know, I don't want to say it's just for fun because it's not. He's helping a lot of sportsman racers, a lot of racers with the mentality of driving. But if you did want to have fun, you could go on the Dragster Adventure and drive a Dragster three passes down the racetrack, a half track and two full track passes and really enjoy yourself. FrankHawley.com. They go all around the country, find out where and when on the website. And then there's Marvin Rodak, who I'm calling after the show. He says he's got all kinds of great news. 817-924-6821. Don't worry if you want to order some coffee. I'll hold. I'll wait. Pound of coffee. Bag of uh, hot sauce and spice rub and all of those great things. And Marvin Rodak, he is super excited about 2022. I am too. Start your day with a little Rodak's coffee and grills.com. Thank you, sponsors. And thank you, Patreons. All right. Justin is waiting in the wings. But... 
I've got a video I want to play that is pertinent to the situation with Justin. And so I'm going to kick it back out to the moment the race ended. And uh, I'm going to play it off my computer. It might, uh, might be super smooth and perfect. It might skip a little bit, but you're going to get the gist. You're going to see some WFO radio listeners, and then it's going to end in a big, big way. Let's kick it back out to the Lucas Oil Winter Nationals. Hey, guys. The Lucas Oil Winter Nationals have just wrapped up. We're out here on the starting line. Justin Ashley, Robert Height, and Erica Enders are the winners. It was unbelievable. Look at this guy. Hey, love you guys, NHRA. Best show on earth. Come see us. What he, oh, what he said. No, I love Joe. This is the one that should be kissing oh, yeah. me. Hey, seriously, though, get in here. You all right? Yeah, a little beat up, hurt feelings. And, you know, NHRA doesn't give out participation trophies. So, but I just, I'm good. Back on track. We're building another car. And, uh, you know, Daryl Waltrip used to say, you may outrun me, but I will definitely outrun you. Alex Miladinovich, by the way, he's very tall. I am not. Hey, you, you had to be freaking out. Oh, my God. I was totally freaking out. I mean, I'm really the biggest fool of myself running down no, here. No. But as soon as he came out of the car, I was like, okay. And then he went down. I'm like, oh, no, something's wrong. Dude, Raymond Beetle, like, you got up on the top of the car. We're going to remember that forever. He's my favorite evil can evil. And I just want to let my mom and Marcy and my dad, too, that I was okay. So I love you guys. Thank there you, you everyone out there in NHRA. Right, you're on you. the clock. Get that car built. Okay, let's That's go. Right. All right. Yeah. Is. That's what's happening out of here. Alex Miladinovich out of here. He hit the wall, right? But he's fired up. Everybody's fired up. Look at this kid. What's up, kid? Are you happy? All right. He's super excited. Everybody's excited. I'm excited. This is like impromptu. What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Awesome. Awesome. This guy's excited. Oh, yeah. It's a heck yes, of a show. it's going to be great. All Can't right. Wait thank to you. Listen to your show this thank week. you. WFO, give me a big WFO. 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 Look at this. Look at this. All right. We're here. This is the winner's stage. Look at that. Everybody is fired up. Look at that. Look at him. The Phillips Connect team, super excited. Everybody is fired up. It's, it's Amber is back. First race, really. Yeah, first race. Yeah, exactly. She knows what she's doing. Oh, it's Blake. Blake, who always. Blake is now on WFO. Blake, I'm going to play this on WFO. What's up, Blake? Did you? Was it great? Did you love it? Yes, it was great. Had great. A, had a great time. What and the Erica so won the race. Right? It was amazing. We'll be on July. W. Oh, really? You gonna go all yeah. right? July in Denver. And Blake. Blake who's always commenting on WFO. All yeah. right, Blake. Have fun. All right, Joe. Thank you. There he goes. Blake who is out there. Blake and his dad. They, we said he's coming to his first Winter Nationals, and here he is. All right, it's getting crazy out Epler here. Epler, 30 years ago, won the Winter Nationals. What's that? Epler won the Winter Nationals, and now Epler, ago. like F Jim Epler. Yeah. What's up, Jim? So, your decision to get back in drag racing has turned out to be a pretty good one. Yeah, How proud say, are you of this team? I, I'm so proud we were kind of kidding, Justin, because it's our 30th anniversary of me winning this race. I said, we're, we're doing it. You know, we're, I'm coming back in as a sponsor, and we're going to win this race. So it's going to, you know, obviously. Is now a good time for me to ask you to extend your partnership with Justin Ashley to more than four races? Uh, Is that a good thing? I think yeah, now's a good time. We're going to extend. And now's yes. a good time. Now's a good time. Congratulations. Great job, guys. Great job. We're here in the winner's circle. It's out of control. Everybody is having a good time. This is what NHRA is all about. I'm going to stop it because it can't get better than this.
WFO, everybody. It can't get better than that. Justin Ashley joins us now. Justin, I don't know if he was just happy or what just happened, but Jim Epler on the 30th anniversary of his win at the Winter Nationals celebrates your win at the Winter Nationals. And uh, he said it right there in front of the whole world that they want to extend. Now, maybe it's a race. Maybe it's a round. I don't know. But how cool was that? Let me tell you something. This is how you know WFO is the place to go for breaking news, right? Because you just broke that news to me, myself, because I hadn't even heard that news up until that point. Um, obviously, it was an emotional win, right? It was an exciting win. Uh, we don't want to hold them to anything, but right. I uh, I absolutely love that, man. That makes me so happy just to see Jim in his element. Uh, you had mentioned it, right? It was the 30-year anniversary of when he won the NHRA Winter National. So, to be able to put that Phillips Connect car in the winner's circle with him on the property was awesome. And we know their sponsorships for the first three races, but uh, we know both sides would love nothing more than to extend it for the rest of this year and beyond. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, like, hey, everybody, I'm not holding Jim to anything, right? Because <laughs> he, I just totally uh, uh, submarined him on that one, right? Ambush, attack. We're talking about winning the race and then all of a sudden like, hey, but the, the point behind it, though, is also true. Like this team is so good that you can go out and win the first race in really dominating fashion. That was a great win. We'll talk about the round by round in a second. And what, what do you need the most, right? Stability. You need to know that you've got backing and uh, the car looks so great too. There's a lot of, a lot of reasons why. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about stability, really there's two ways where you talk about stability on the marketing front. And they talk about stability and consistency on the team front. And you know the way this sport is, especially this offseason, there was a lot of movement, uh, whether it was crew chief shuffling, ownership shuffling, uh, just regular personnel shuffling between teams. And we were very fortunate. Dustin Davis did a great job of putting this team together and keeping the guys together. Obviously, we had Mike Green returning. We had all of our personnel returning with the exception of one person. And then we had Tommy DeLago come on board, which paid huge dividends already early on in the season. And I think that's just a testament to the group that we have. Um, when you have stability there on the team front and on the marketing front, it usually leads to good things. And you saw the results there early on the season. Tommy D, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tommy D. You know how it is, Justin. Like there are these unsung heroes out there who are doing so much that get not as much attention as they need. And I, I was busting his chops a little bit like the Tommy D factor. Right. And he's like, no, no, no. But he he's the he, first funny car in the threes, Tommy DeLago championships, Tommy DeLago. And um, I, I love that he is now part of this team and uh, you know, he deserves, he deserves credit and respect. And, and obviously you do too for reaching out and saying, Hey man, beef jerky's great and all, but we need you at the track. Yeah, you're right. I think Tommy D does not get nearly enough credit as he deserves. Uh, he's an excellent crew chief and he's an excellent person. We all know how good he is right in the beef jerky business. So you yes. can't let him get away with coming to the track without giving us beef jerky. So I don't know. We may have cost him some money there. Right. But uh, it's nice to have him out on the track. He is just a funny dude, a good dude. Just one of the guys, right. Hanging out, having a good time, brings good energy. And that's important to a group. You need to have a good culture and good energy. So to have Tommy D around, uh, working with Mike Green is great, and uh, he doesn't hold back. He's super aggressive. He loves to go out there and let it all uh, let it all out and put his best foot forward, and that's what we love about him. 
All right, guys. First winner's edition of 2022. Like my buddy Blake is out there. What's up? Great seeing you in Pomona. Blake is always commenting out there. Thank you for coming out, Blake. And we'll see you in Bandamere in July. Great job uh, hanging out. But to you know, fans of Justin, if you've got a question about the race, what went down, let's uh, let's put it up there in the chat section, and we'll get to it. In the meantime, let's talk about. You were the number one qualifier going into the final session. Brittany uh, took it, but that has happened a lot in the past. Setting up a round one matchup with Jim Maroney. I'm looking at Maroney's reaction time, 405 at 234. Jim Maroney was giving you a run for a while, right? You guys did not uh, go easy on him. 69-9-330, 055 light got you to the second round, but there are no easy passes anymore. Yeah, there are no layups, uh, not in today's top fuel field and funny car field, really, for that matter. Uh, I know Jim Maroney's a good driver and they have a good team and we will not take anybody lightly because at the end of the day, if we don't do our job in our lane, none of that matters. And you saw he gave us a good drag race. So that's a testament to him and his group. It doesn't matter if you qualify one, two, three, 14, 15 or 16 when it's Sunday, it's on. And you have to bring your A game no matter who's in the other lane. And our guys did. We still went out there and executed and did our job. And our Phillips Connect Toyota Top Field Dragster Powered by Vita C-Shot went right on through there, right into round two. And that's what we love to see. People still commenting about the video. Shout out to Alex Miladinovich. <laughs> Obviously, he, uh, you know, he he's in the best possible mood for a guy who destroyed his car. But I, I think the reason is, Justin, and I'd like you to comment on it, is that the, the outpouring of help and assistance and offers and, Hey, don't quit. Come back. We want you. You're part of this now. I think maybe overwhelmed him. It is. And that's amazing, right? That's what the NHRA community is all about. First and foremost, you have to thank the safety safari, right? I mean, they are just amazing. We would not be able to race and do what we do without them. These cars are so unpredictable and you never know what's going to happen. So to be able to have the safety safari there, to be able to help get him out of the car, help clean up, help keep the track, as good as it is, really just a testament to the great job that they do. And then the NHRA community itself, right? You, Joe, and WFO Radio, all the fans out there, all the people who work for NHRA. How about all the other teams and all the drivers who rally around each other and support each other? I think that's part of what makes it so special. Uh, I'm not sure it's that way in any other sport, but we know we want Alex to be back at the track, racing again, and most important is his health. And it was really nice to see him back up there the next day healthy and smiling because that's what it's all about. Absolutely. So that first round win and, and it's hard to explain, right? It's competition on the track, but we all know that this is not the NFL. It's not a multi-billion dollar industry that we've got to help each other. And uh, I love seeing these comments from everybody out there that is so happy. And uh, you know, the, the positive to negative commentary over the course of the weekend was like a thousand to one. And that shows we're moving in the right direction. Speaking of moving in the right direction, though, round two, you got to go up against Antron. And that sets the table for three of the toughest runs you're ever going to have. Starting out with Antron, AB's 53 goes 74-2. You're 53, 69-2 at 333. Mike Green has now got this thing where he can step on it. And you can run with the best of them. Tell me about getting ready for the run against your you know, quasi-teammate, alliance, etc. Yeah, we have to run with the best of them if we want to compete right now because this top fuel field is so good. So every time we go out there, it's cutthroat. We have to run well if we want to give ourselves a chance to win, especially against Antron Brown. That's my teammate over there. Uh, you know, I love him like family, Brian Karate, Mark Oswald. That Mack Gold Tools team 
does a great job. We knew that they were going to give us a good race no matter what the result was going to be. And there was a lot of prep that went into round two. Uh, Antron's great on the tree, and we knew we had to do our job. Mike Green stepped up over 333 miles per hour. I mean, that is fast. That is moving. But that's what it took to be able to win the race. So it was a good race off the starting line. We left at the same time. And I had a really sneaky suspicion to be close to the finish line. Yes, it would. All right. Now I want to ask you a little something about uh, your car. And uh, I, I noticed, I'm not the only one who noticed, everybody noticed. I love how the car is leaving, right? I love like a little wheels in the air kind of deal. You had that most of the week and not everybody has that. It's, uh, and then down the track, I, as a, as a young boy, as a child, as a, you know, however old I was in 92, I was probably like 19, by the way, when Bernstein ran 300, what I remember most about it was how bowed up the car was like that thing was arched up and trucking and not all cars do that. And your car was doing that, leaving with the wheels in the air and then around half track, like swelling up in the center and getting after it. It was obvious to watch. It was fun to watch. It was excitement. Like cars can't just go straight. They've got to do a little something. And yours is, was that this particular weekend? Is that, because, you know, they're all you know similar. And was it fun to drive? It was a blast to drive. I mean, it was a ride, Joe. Let me tell you, from the minute that thing took off and carried the front wheels, uh, I felt it settled down. I remember when I was a kid back in 2007, uh, you know, I used to play the NHRA video game and that's how I used to tune the car. I used to carry the front end all the way and then slowly dropped down, and it was an absolute blast. And now here I am in real life doing it. And, uh, man, it is fun. It is cool. I do not know if that's going to continue uh, throughout the remainder of the season. This is a brand-new DSR car. Uh, you just love the way the chassis bows up like that as it's going across the finish line. It really is super cool, and it adds kind of a unique trait to our car and to our team. And at the very least, you, the fans, everyone seems to love it. And I've had a lot of people – bring it up to me. And it is fun to drive when it bows up like that. And when it carries the front end like that, but at the end of the day, it's all about performance. So we want to tune the car the right way. So no matter what it does, we have that performance we're looking for. Well, you had the performance, you get around a B setting up a, a matchup against Steve Torrance, the Capco team. And this to me is now a, a, a statement run, right? Like a statement because you I think, I don't know if you gave them a scare, but you definitely bloodied their nose a little bit in the countdown, right? Like they remember you. And uh, there were a couple of big races that if it had gone differently, who knows what would have happened, but he is a four-time champion. So here you are, start of the next season, big matchup against those guys again, right? And uh, if they beat you, everybody thinks the season's going to go the same. And if you beat them, everybody thinks, Oh boy, we're into something. And that's exactly how it went. So talk to me about getting ready for that. You're 044. Steve's 50. No slouch. He's still the champ. Run 73-1 at 326. You lay down a 70. You got yourself a bracket car. You're within thousands of one another. 69-9, 69-2, 70 with a two to that point. Tell me about the run against Capco. Yeah, you know, you always got to prepare no matter who's in the other lane, but there's something about racing the champ uh, that brings out your A game, right? I'm sitting there with uh, getting ready, mixing the fuel. I'm looking over to my left in the hospitality area, and you got all the people from Phillips Connect. Dave Phillips is there. Amber White is there. Jim Epler, who I'm thinking to myself, I'm two rounds away from winning on the 30th anniversary of when he won the Winter Nationals. And, and uh, you know, we're just two rounds away from doing it, but we got to get the, past the champion first. And that's not going to be an easy thing to do. And a lot of preparation went to that round as well. Um, you know, we had to go up there and just focus on ourselves. We knew that 
we knew that we were going to go out and run as fast as we possibly felt we could in that lane because if we didn't, it wasn't going to be a result. We spent years trying to get wins against that Capco team, and it has not been easy. And this was a great opportunity. Like you said, we had a bracket car. Mike Green, Tommy DeLago, Dustin Davis, they did a great job all weekend long. We had to make sure we maintain that consistency, but also maintain that high performance. And that comes from a driver's perspective, keeping the car straight and leaving good off the line. And from a tune-up perspective as well, to be able to give us the best chance out there and we able to do it. Coming back to the pits after that was a lot of fun. We realized, all right, we only got one more to go. Amazing stuff. Uh, and this guy out there, I don't know who it is. Justin, this wind deserves oh. the sanitizer dance. <laughs> oh, no. Joe, can't you? You have to put up every comment. On yes. The can't we Only leave? the ones that will put you, uh, you know, in an awkward position, because that's what people like to see. Oh, yeah. I, I love like it. I think, I think we're off the smart sanitizer dance for now. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to develop some kind of Philips Connect smart trailer technology dance as we go along, and Jim Epler is going to do it with me. He doesn't know that yet. Well, he'll do it with me the next time. You didn't know something. He doesn't know something. It's all working out. So the final round is happening. Everyone's getting ready on the other side of the ladder. It's Austin Proc and Austin did a great job as well. Getting through clay, getting through Tony Schumacher, getting around Brittany, who was 047, by the way, laid down a great pass and appears that uh, Brittany is uh, revamped and understands that uh, it's it's a new year and a new opportunity. But Austin Proc was the story. And we need, we need Austin. We wanted Austin. We need Austin. Great young personality talent, not there because they got a chassis that they were able to put together some parts. He's there because he is a talented guy and they've got everything that they want and they need. And somebody said to me, it was Jason Galvin. He says like the future of top fuel is this final round right here because you got Justin and you got Austin two young athletes if you will right athletic drivers that are about to like pound on each other and you guys brought it to the starting line what a race he's 49 you're 50 you're 69 four the bracket car he's 71 three and you nip the stripe only 314 though so it looked like you might have had a little bit more there take me through that final round and ultimately the win yeah i mean you got to give credit to austin and his team right they only found out a few weeks before testing that they were going to be out there racing and it's nice to have austin back and, and from our perspective it's like man can't we catch a break right we had to race antron then we had to race steve and it just uh it continues to get difficult and we knew we had to go up there and race austin and we knew two things we knew that they were going to run well with ron tobler and joe barlam and that team over there and we knew that austin was going to leave the line well so it was up to us to do exactly that mike green tommy delago go up there and put their best foot forward and it was up to me to uh, to leave the line well, and we gave the fans a really good race. I got a lot of compliments after the race about what a good event that was, especially that final round, and it was exciting for people to see. And to be able to go out there and run a 369, another 369, right? Like a bracket car was great. It was tight off the starting line. It was tight at the finish line. And believe it or not, the car did shut off early. Uh, there was a pan pressure switch that caused the car to shut off and that's why you see only 340 miles per hour for that reason. So it was probably on a little bit of a better pull than that. But we'll take the 369, and obviously we'll take the win. And just all weekend long, the team did such a great job. So to be able to cross that finish line and finally see that final win light in the final round, uh, there's really nothing like it. Amazing, amazing. 69, 69, 70, 69 over a, an arc of, of temperature. It wasn't the same temp, all of that. You had the morning, you had the midday, you had the evening. It was getting cold at night. It was cool. Um, that is just so 
impressive. A couple of comments out here. Uh, This guy, I don't know who it is, but it's a good comment. Here's a cool moment at Pomona. I was talking to Buddy Hull, and Justin walks up, goes out of his way to encourage Buddy. Justin told uh, him how impressed he was, that he was class, that he's a top driver encouraging another one of the smaller teams. Justin's a great example. I've told Justin I'm following in his footsteps. He did uh, a fuel, then I did. He got his top fuel license. Now I did. I don't know exactly who that is, but I'm guessing it's Mike Booker. I don't know. That's who it is. Yeah, so that's Mike. That's Mike. That was good, Joe. That's the analyst in you. Know exactly everything about anything. Or or also, Mike Booker is heavily involved in all communications. You know, the odds were pretty high. It was Mike Booker. There you go. Talk talk a little bit about Buddy. Talk a lot about now you're in a different role, right? You are – there are people. It's like a ladder, and you're higher on the ladder than some, and they're looking to you for leadership and encouragement. Yeah. So I just, you know, I noticed Buddy when he pulled in with his stuff at Phoenix, I actually looked at it and I said, wow, that's really nice stuff. And the way he keeps it is really clean and organized and nice. And I saw him up in the staging lanes and I thought to myself, you know what, I better just go up to him and congratulate him on everything and tell him what a great job he's doing because it's not easy to be out here and it's not easy to be out here in the position that he is. And he's done a really good job so far and he's a really good person. And I know that he's a really good representative for the sport. Uh, he's probably not the type of person that I would want to get into a fight with. He's a little bit bigger than me. You just got to run now. Nonetheless, nonetheless, um, really just a good dude. Happy to see him out here. We need more buddy holes in the world. We need more Mike Butchers in the world. The more people in Top Fuel, the better. Uh, you know, just just really nice to see him. Glad we had a few moments to talk. And Booker's got a couple of things going on. He's uh, he's making it happen. That guy doesn't quit either. And he's working on some deals. And uh, he's very proud. And he's all uh, he's trying to become Buddy Hall. That's why he was talking to Buddy. They were talking about workout stuff. That's All right, right. George, George wants to know, if you weren't in a top fuel dragster, what other class would you want to drive? So, um, you know, I, I know it says pro class. And I consider this a pro class, but pro mod. I would love to drive pro mod. I think they're just so exciting. I've always had a special place in my heart for the pro modified class just because I watched my father race in that class for so many years. Uh, so I think the pro mod class is just is very special to me and it's very competitive. Obviously, we know how difficult those cars are to drive. Um, full focus and attention is on that top fuel car. That uh, takes enough to handle in and of itself. But those pro mods are a lot of fun. Yes, amazing. All right, let's look ahead. Let's take a second to look ahead at Arizona. You're the points leader, as a couple of our listeners have pointed out. Starting off strong. Couldn't have been really a better race as far as I'm concerned for the fans, for the entertainment value. And to me, the best part about it is we get to go again, right, to build that momentum And while we were a little bit limited in Pomona on crowd because they lifted restrictions literally hours before the race. So we kind of lost pre-sales and we lost a lot of people. A lot of WFO people were like, "Ah, I'm not going to go. Oh, wait, no restrictions. Oh, I can't go. Right. Like not everybody can just drop everything they're doing. Arizona, totally different situation. I'm hearing the pre-sales are through the roof. These people didn't get to see last year, and we're going to bring this traveling circus into Wild Horse Pass, and we're going to bring it. What's the plan? Tell me how you're going to approach this race as the points leader, having just won. You know, it's funny. You bring up a good point. I noticed last year the places where we hadn't had the opportunity to race the year before tended to have really large crowds because they missed it. They wanted to get back, and I think it's going to be that way in Arizona because we didn't have the opportunity to race there last year. So. We're excited to have those uh, those fans back out in Arizona. Love that racetrack. We just spent a few weeks ago testing there, so we'll have some data, some information. Our plan hasn't changed. Um, whether we're the points leader, whether we're 5th, 10th, 15th, it doesn't matter. We have to go out there and focus on ourselves, and that plan hasn't changed. 
we loved winning in Pomona. We're still enjoying winning in Pomona, but when we get there, you know, all that stuff's out the window. It's about Phoenix. That's what makes champions is being able to be consistent and go out there and perform at a high level all the time, not just one race here and there. So that's what our focus is going to be. Our focus is going to be on ourselves, on Phillips Connect, on Toyota, on Vita C Shot, Auto Shocker, Kato, all our sponsors and all the greatness uh, that we can do our best to put foot to put forward for them. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to do in Arizona. Very exciting. Our next guest is going to be Robert Height. You guys shared a little time with uh, Glenn Cromwell in the winner's circle. And how great was that winner's circle, right? To, to get everybody out there. And, you know, I, I know like the pandemic stuff doesn't just end. It kind of fades away. But that's how I'm feeling about it. And to see all the fans run out onto the track, surround you guys. I heard some of you guys couldn't even get out of there. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. We love the fans, man. It's great. That Winter Circus celebration was so special. Uh, just being infiltrated by so many fans, right? Just surrounding you. No worries in the world. Just enjoying the win in front of the NHRA fans. The NHRA community is so great, so supportive, so awesome. Uh, we love that. We want that every race. Awesome, Justin. All right, good luck. I see Robert Hyde is down there in the ready room getting ready. He could probably hear you. Got a message for Robert? Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It's guys like me that look up to you, the guys that have won championships and represented yourself the right way on and off the track. So uh, WFO Radio is the place to go. So enjoy it on here, Robert. Thank you so much, Justin. I'll see you in a few days. Thanks for doing this. Just awesome. You and your team. Top Fuel is going to be sick, and I can't wait to see how it all turns out. We're just getting started, right? The first step, but it was a good one for you and your team. Good luck. Tell Epler we're going to hold him to it. <laughs> all right. I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye, Justin. Justin Bye. Ashley with us here on WFO Radio. How great was that? All you fans out there, you know, typically – these winners, the WFO has been around for over 10 years and we've been evolving, right? But these winner shows now with multiple winners, the fact that we have got them all on this show, hopefully you'll stay with us for the whole thing because we got Erica Enders next. But Robert Height, John Force Racing fans, we would encourage you, you know, share the show so as many people as possible can see Robert as we talk to him now. Robert Height, Robert, you're on. You're on the air, Robert. How you doing, Joe? I'm great. How about yourself, Justin? A little message to you. Stoked about uh, his win. I know you would have probably had John Force Racing like to have seen it go the other, other way, but just the intensity of what we're experiencing out there, the top fuel final was greatness, the funny car final. Oh, my goodness. We'll get into it. But just give me your assessment of the start of the season. Oh, I think all the classes are pretty exciting right now. Um, a lot of young drivers coming up and uh, a lot of veterans in the, in the thick of things. So I think, uh, you know, this is, this is going to maybe one of those years where you really don't need a countdown. I think it's going to be tight points races from start to finish, and it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Countdown is what it is, but, uh, you know, uh, Funny Car for sure is one class that uh, really doesn't need a countdown. Well, and you know, it's funny, you're bringing up something that Steve Torrance has been saying for a long time. And um, you, he and I had a great conversation out there at Wild Horse Pass at the test. And, you know, countdown is something that maybe you need it, maybe you don't need it. This year, I don't think we need it, but we do have it. And it is what it is, right? Um, but it's worth thinking about, like maybe every other year, maybe we try it in a way that, uh, but anyway, we can, we can go into that over the course of the season. Let's talk about your situation in that 
Last year, I don't want to call it a lost year, but not the performance you were looking for. You switched some things back to the 2019 combination and you got your car back. That's got to feel great. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I, I felt really good leaving testing. Uh, I knew that uh, that we were back with the consistency. That's what this sport's all about. And, you know, when you have Jimmy Proc and Chris Cunningham as your crew chiefs, uh, it's quick consistency. You know, they don't want to just be has-beens and, and run middle of the pack. It's, uh, you know, they want to be at, right at the top every weekend, but very consistent. And we had none of that last year. Uh, actually, the two races that we won were the best races that, you know, that we went to. So wasn't, wasn't a good year. And we regrouped, uh, got a great team. And I'm so excited about this year. Uh, it doesn't get any better than winning in Winter Nationals and beating, you know, two former world champs and the reigning champ along the way. It's uh, every run you make in a funny car, you better be on your game. Yes, well, exactly. And I want to talk about you round by round, but I think everybody wants to know about Trevor Huff and how is he. And uh, I guess it was Bobby whose shirt got melted off of him. And, and, and that whole experience in the final round, so much drama because, you know, Caps was having a, like a, a regulator issue over there and they were in the clutch and they were doing some last second stuff. And we were all working, focused on his car. And then all of a sudden, I guess the body just kind of caught the injector and uh, I talked to Jimmy and I talked to a couple others that you it's your natural order of things to really hold it down. And you were able to uh, to hold the car and Trevor was able to tough it out like what a tough kid, man. He like just kind of hobbled over to the side and uh, you guys were able to get it on. How is he? And, um, you know, give us any insight you can. Everybody's good. Um, you know, everybody was in the winter circle and they were excited and you know, uh, everybody's fine. Some bruises, but uh, we really got very, very fortunate. That could have been really bad. Somebody could have really gotten hurt. Uh, you saw what happened to Tony Pedragon, you know, at Indy that year. And uh, I think it knocked one of his uh, crew members' teeth out and, and burned another one. Uh, Bob Tasca had another incident like that where uh, a guy got burned really bad. So uh, we got we to gotta pay a lot of attention to this. It's... Uh, it's uh, not good. It, you know, things could have really been worse. We were very fortunate. And, you know, we, I didn't know what to expect when it all went down. I'm like, are we going to run? Uh, what are we doing here? And Jimmy started pulling me in. And then Chris Cunningham made sure that the body was latched because, you know, Trevor got off to the side, but they, they're both good. And uh, the, their new nicknames that we came up with for them in the, in the winter circle is shake and bake. Who's, who's who? Who's shake? Who's baked? Well, I, whatever mind. I know. <laughs> and Bobby's bake. That's, that's really good. That's good. Yeah. Bobby, Is that you? Bobby had a little bit of pinkness on the, on his side, like a sunburn. So we're, we're good. It's uh we're going to learn from this and make sure it doesn't happen again, but uh, just very fortunate. No one got hurt worse than they did. I took a photo of Bobby and uh, I didn't upload it. I should have, but I didn't, I didn't upload it. And it, it's unfortunate because it's fun. Oh, here it is. I'm going to try to put it uh, in front of the thing. Bobby, he, he, he did. He got baked. And, and when you say baked, shake, I was like, who's who? It's like, wait a second. I know exactly who's, who's shaking, who's baked. Sorry guys, but that's how nicknames happen. Crazy stuff like that. All right. Those are they are, they are. And those guys, they're okay now. 
That They're going to be talking about that for the rest of their lives. And Trevor, I went over to check on him and maybe to do an interview, right? Like to get into position and to hear him talking. First of all, I don't know if everybody knows Trevor, but he's been around a long time. And yeah. he is um, one of those unsung, hardworking NHRA crew members that loves it to death and doesn't speak a word, right? He's just out there for it. And he said, I'm all right. We won. We won. I'm all right. That makes it all right. And he was just, he was letting everybody know that he was more happy about the win than he was annoyed about or her feeling any pain. And to me, that's like guts. That's toughness right there. People don't associate like car guys with toughness, but this was pure toughness. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, uh, just glad everybody's all right. You know, I, I kind of figured that he was all right the way he walked off to the side, you know, got over by the wall when I was pulling forward. Uh, but, you know, it's still in the back of your mind, man. I hope I hope this guy didn't have any bad injuries because it's it's very these cars are dangerous. Uh, you got to pay attention. And, you know, you get in a hurry and, you know, it's the final round. You're excited and doesn't take much for something to happen and, and get somebody hurt. Shake and bake. All right. So let's uh, start it off with an 89 against Jason Rupert. Then a, another 89 against Tony Gerardo. Uh Jason Bunker has told us that you, you guys kind of help them out a little bit and they're real appreciative. And that's just another one of those teams, right? We're watching them evolve greatly they got their first round win here this weekend super exciting but you loaded them up on the trailer to set up the matchup against tony stewart racing dickie venables matt hagan the first time uh hagan representing tony and uh what a battle it was when you uncork an 86-1 caps had already run 88-1 so that's going to get you lane choice in the final it's kind of a jaw dropper that you threw down that kind of pass tell me about prepping for the run against matt well, I think, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy could see that, you know, the round before uh, Hagen had got lane choice. And so Caps ran good, better than us in the second round, and so did Hagen. So Jimmy knew going into the semis that we were going to have to step it up. And, you know, there was more out there. I think he, you know, he was kind of just racing the, you know, the, the conditions. But it was getting better, you know, this time of year, the, the track doesn't get that hot and it, it gets like its peak is at one o'clock. So he knows that it's starting to cool down. It's getting better and we need to push. Uh, we're racing, you know, a, a former world champ and Hagen's good on the tree. And, you know, we need to, we need to go up there with our best and NHRA got to give them credit. They, uh, they made it two lane racetrack. Okay. For funny cars. And it, before that, it used to not be that way. It was, uh, it was rough and they did a great job with the grind and they made it to where you could run really good in either lane. And we got the win against Hagen. Honestly, I thought in the final that, you know, we might go back to the left, you know, racing caps cause we had lane choice. Jimmy says, no, we're going to stay right over here where we were at, uh, and then try to do the same thing again. And it was good enough. Notes on that. Um, a lot of fans, even this week, were like, um, how long are we going to be here, guys? You know, uh, is this track going to be here for a while? And I think that the investment that NHRA just put into this facility and getting it as good as it was, I, I didn't hear any complaints about bumps or surface, any of that. Uh, you know, Greg had his deal, but that was more, I think, of an anomaly than anything else. Um it shows that the NHRA plans on being there for a while. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, we, 
we need Pomona. That's that's a big race for NHRA, and you know we need to be there every year. And uh, it's it's one of the few venues that can that can handle two two events in a in a year and both be successful. So uh, no, it's it's good that they put some money into it and definitely turned it around. It it was tough for a funny car because right where they had the biggest bump is right where it locks the clutch up, and you go over that bump and lock the clutch up, it smokes the tires. So. Uh, Hats off to NHRA. Uh, they did a great job. All right. So we already talked about the incident. Let's talk about the race. You got Dean Antonelli over there and John Medlin, a couple of guys that you are super familiar with, right? You worked together with those guys for a long time. And uh, and they're the champs. And they are not afraid to throw it down. And they got all the good stuff. And you got Caps. You and Caps are the next winningest drivers right behind John Force. Like this was a dream final round for drag racing fans of Southern California. And then you got Jimmy Proc, Chris Cunningham and you guys, and it was going to take, it was going to take a long ball, <laughs> right? Like, and you both got down and what a great race to thaw at the stripe. Couldn't have been better, especially you guys came out on top. Walk me through prep for the final and the race uh, itself. Like how did it feel getting down through there and seeing that wind light come on knowing all of those elements that you, you both teams delivered. Well, it, it was a little different final round for me uh, based on like last year. Uh, last year, I went up to the starting line every run wondering, you know, if I, am I going to have to pedal this thing? Because uh, we had no consistency. But leaving Phoenix, coming into Pomona and the way qualifying went in the first three rounds, man, I just it was not even in the back of my head that this car wasn't going to just be perfect and run like it had been running. A lot, of, a lot of confidence and, you know, going rounds and making good runs gives you that confidence. So I, uh, I just knew that, okay, I needed to do my job on the starting line and it was going to be a tough race. Those guys, they, they got us by four thou in qualifying. Okay. So we both knew what, you know, each other was capable of and uh, you knew it was going to be a run. It was going to take a run just like we basically did in qualifying if you wanted to win this thing. So it was uh, it was pretty exciting. I know I know the last qualifying run was uh, very exciting for the fans to see, you know, side by side low, you know, mid 380s at over 330 miles an hour. And they, they got the same thing in the final. Yes, they did. And so now you've scored a win. Great way to start. Auto Club car at Auto Club Raceway, and 2022 is off and running. Um, I've never been more excited, genuinely, and I probably say that every year, but I genuinely have never been more excited. Michael Heiner out there, by the way, saying congratulations to you and the team. Uh, he had a pretty good weekend himself. They got that pro stocker going in the right direction. But um, talk, a little, talk a little bit about Arizona and uh, preview that race. I love having the first two races on back-to-back -back weekends. I know it's tough. It's tough for you. It's tough for me getting back travel-wise. But I think for telling the story of NHRA drag racing, to get in front of everybody, make a big deal, and then do it again just a couple days later is very important. Yeah, when you're, when you're coming off a win, uh, you want to race the next weekend. You want to carry that momentum, and uh, you just want to keep it going. Sitting off weekend uh, – just doesn't doesn't feel right to me so um anyway i i'm excited that we're going right back but i'm really excited because we were just there two weeks ago and i feel uh that i had the most consistent car on the property at testing uh so you know it's not like we're going to know that racetrack it's going to be very similar to how we tested there might even be a little cooler 
probably a little quicker. Uh, so we're going to be able to, you know, throw down and, and make some great runs. But we ran both lanes there and, and did well. So I'm excited to get right back at it. And uh, hopefully we have the same results that we had in testing. All right, let's talk to Robert Hype, president of John Force Racing for a second, because the Austin Proc, Joe Barlam, Ron Tobler combination, not only is it exciting for, for fans, but it's good for drag racing. Uh, and I've, I've used this anecdote a couple of times, but I love the sport, but should I really be going all in with everything in my life into drag racing if the sport can't sustain a talent like Austin Proc, who is clearly incredible on the starting line, right? Like, is there something wrong here? Should I be cautious? And when Austin is able to get out there and build, you guys build a team around him and goes out and gets to the final round. It makes me feel good about the decisions I'm making, right? I have confidence. Imagine a baseball player who can hit 50 home runs and, you know, doesn't have a spot on a roster that would never happen, right? They would figure it out. Tell me about how the team came together. I heard Jimmy's version of the story. I heard Jill and Alan Tobler's version of the story. Uh, what's your version of the story? How did it all come together? Because I heard that you're the one who even made the call to Tobes and uh, and and he could fly in and, and all of that. Yeah, well, I, I asked Jimmy uh, months ago, you know, we had to we had to be somewhat prepared. Uh, you know, we we didn't have a deal put together yet, but you know, you can't wait till it's it's too late and try to find people because people is what this sport's all about having great people and uh you know making things happen but the people also have to be able to work together and you know there's not a lot of there's slim pickings out there it's there's not a lot of people to choose from so i had asked jimmy you know even when the 21 season was still going talk to tobler and see if he would consider coming out of retirement well they go on vacation and they brought it up and once we put the deal together, uh, we knew Joe Barlam was with us and he was he was going to be the crew chief. We needed him some help. And uh, Jimmy talked to Tobler and, and Tobler said, yeah, have him call me and make me a, make me an offer. And we did. And I mean, literally, it took a half hour and it was done. So it, it was a good deal. Uh, I think the just the close-knit group that we have right now is probably the best teams we've ever had to where everybody works together, pulls in the same direction. And that's what it's going to take to win championships. Uh, both classes are very, very tough, uh, going to be very uh, competitive this year. And to work together and uh, try to try to get through the competition together, I think this is the best group we've ever had. Brittany Force's reaction times, I think, shook some people out there. Because she got after Josh Hart, won the race, came right back against Austin, got after it. And all of a sudden, people are thinking like, okay, if Brittany can be 50 between, you know, the difference. And this was the conversation we were having. I want you to, to expand upon it. The difference between 50 to 70 and 70 to 90 is a lot of race wins, right? And it looked like Brittany, she had a great attitude. She was having fun, fresh start, fresh year, and her driving, I think, uh, got, got the attention of a lot of people. Yeah, um, all of us uh, were very proud of her. Uh, that's what it's going to take. Uh, you know, I think the competition is kind of caught up to Grubnik. Uh, maybe maybe he has a little advantage every once in a while, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not enough to make up for a bad reaction time. So 
she's done a good job, worked hard, and that's what it's going to take to win. Uh, every class is uh, you have to be on your game. And then Forrest, he went an 83 in testing down there. And, uh, you know, it's like the, the, the whole the whole John Forrest story is everybody just they won't they don't know which way it's going to go. Right. The other shit is this is it is this John is not going to be able to do it. Oh, man, John's great. He's going to win the championship. Um, you know, you work with John every day. John, he doesn't even tell us the real story. Oh, I'm just trying to survive. And then he goes out and wins a race or something like that. Um, you know, when you look at that team, where are they right now with Danny Hood and Fabrizi, who is a viewer probably watching right now? No, they'll be fine. Uh, they had a, a little bit of a rough weekend. They, they go back to testing and, and how they tested over there. They made a lot of good runs as well. Uh, they'll, they'll be back on the game in the game, you know, in, in Phoenix. No, I don't, I don't have any, any worries about that. They're going to be just fine. All right. And we talked to Steve Torrance a couple of days ago and we asked about undercover chassis and, and he mentioned, uh, he mentioned you guys, right? What, what, what are your daughter's plans for racing? Derek wants to know. So tell us a little bit about that. Cause I saw, I saw her out there. I, I, I saw him and, and she's like an adult now and that's amazing. But uh, you know, junior dragsters, I think might be in the past. What's the plan? Yeah, we're, we're done with the juniors. Uh, we both miss it already. You know, they've had, they've had one race and we met a lot of nice people, a lot of great friends, and we had a blast doing it together. Uh, Autumn's, you know, in a junior in high school and she has a lot going on. It's a full schedule at high in, at school. So we're going to wait till summer and try to fit a few races in, in the summer when we can, uh, I am buying a, buy a car from Torrance. Uh, so, you know, uh, Billy says that, you know, in the next month or two, if the weather's good, we might be able to go test it in Texas somewhere. So looking forward to that and autumn, she can't wait, but need to focus on school first. Oh, of course, of course. And uh, a final note, kind of coming out of nowhere with this on you, but I'm sure you'll be okay. You know, our mutual friend, Gary Stinnett, went through a bit of a tough time and uh, we talked about it on the show. And I was informed by Steve Williams over the course of the weekend that Gary went home and, uh, and that was great news. And, and I had spoken with Gary about how you had kind of been, you know, guys talking a little bit about just what it takes to be successful in these dot 90 categories and how challenging it is. And I just wanted to, uh, you know, to give you the opportunity to say a little something, cause we're all happy. We're super happy. Uh, you know, that it turned out in a, in a decent way for Gary. Yes, yes. Uh, great news that he's home and, and, and getting better. Can't wait to get him back to the racetrack. Uh, he's, uh, he's one of the best ever to do this. So, uh, and he's a super, super nice guy. I, I met him last year through Billy Torrance. And uh, just I was, I was blown away by all the things that this guy looks at, you know, between runs and the, the knowledge that he has. I mean, it's, it's amazing. There's no doubt and no, you can see the reason why he's a multiple champion. And uh, so anyway, he was very, very kind to me and, you know, he has even offered to help Autumn out a little bit. So we're excited about that. Definitely can't get any better than that guy to, uh, to teach your daughter and, and help us learn the whole program. So glad he's doing better. Can't wait to see him back at the track. Me too. Me too. Final thought for the fans out there. We got great numbers out there. Everybody watching Erica Ender's going to be next here in a few minutes, but uh, you know, sometimes our fans can be negative, but I didn't feel that at all this weekend. Like I've got this just such an intense feeling of positivity about our sport, about the season that lies ahead, the championship battles. Man, you guys have got such a tough task in funny cars. So many good quality cars. The fact that Tony's involved, all this going on. What do you want to say to the folks out there? Um, I think this is going to be a, 
probably one of the most exciting funny car years ever. I think you're going to see a lot of race winners, a lot of different winners. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to come down to who's the most consistent and can be consistent on a weekly basis, all the different conditions that we face, that's going to be your champ. But you see the big battles that we race and, and we face with like Hagen and caps, uh, those guys, you're going to have those battles every week if you want to win races and you better be up for it. I'm excited. I am excited as well. Robert, thank you for taking the time with us today, moving up the interview a little bit so we can fit all three of you in, Justin, Robert, and Erica in a few minutes. I'll see you in a few days. Good luck in Arizona and uh, great show. And man, Jimmy Proc, after this thing was over, uh, you know, back at the hotel, he was just like, he had the Kool-Aid smile, right? It felt like the weight had been lifted and they really enjoyed it. Good luck, congratulations, and thanks for spending time on WFO Radio. Thanks for having me. See you in a couple of days. Yeah, see you in a couple of days. Safe travels, Robert. Talk soon. There he goes, Robert Height with us here on WFO Radio. Great job. How about that? A whole John Force Racing, like inside John Force Racing. He's the president. He's the driver. He won the race, all that. We kept him for about 25 minutes. Hopefully that wasn't, hopefully that wasn't too long, right? And we got Erica coming up in a few minutes from now, but we do have a little bit of time to spend with the audience. So if you guys have got to have a comment or a thought, by all means, uh, put it up in the chat section. Erica will be joining us minutes from now, and uh, we'll go over some of the other winners as well. But I do want to tell you about, uh, you can get some WFO swag up there in the store. It's on WFORadio.com. Uh, crazy experience this past weekend for me, seeing more people than ever before, more people than ever before wearing WFO gear, either at the track or otherwise. Thank you for rocking the WFO gear. I'm going to put the, uh, the link to the merch store up there in the chat section. Big thanks to everybody for supporting WFO radio and our Patreon listeners club. The people who listen to Monday Motivation and participate in the Ignition Show, last night's Ignition Show, which is an audio-only podcast, and it's not nuts and bolts and analysis. It's more fun in our fantasy league and talking about stuff that's happening. Uh, I was trapped in an airport. My flights were getting canceled. We were playing airline Kino, and then uh, would Costello get an upgrade? You know, pay the <laughs> pay the man. That kind of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Um, but the people who support the show directly with a membership, either yearly or monthly or however they want to do it, you choose. But if you want to support WFO, you can go to patreon.com slash WFO radio. And then there's our sponsors like total seal piston rings. Here's one for you. If you're a podcast listener, Mike Copeland, you might not know Mike, Mike's from Arrington, but he's got a very interesting project that could save the combustion engine. And we talked to him on hidden horsepower by total seal. And this is for racers and for engine builders and for people that are interested in making horsepower and all of that. But the electric motor, right? Like some people don't like it. And, and I understand why, because it's quiet, it's quiet and it might be fast, but it's quiet. There's no sound. Well, what if you could combust something that was absolutely zero emissions? I don't know any racer uh, that loves racing and loves the engines because they emit uh, pollutants. No, man, they, they like the sound. Well, they've developed an engine that, that combusts hydrogen and produces zero emission. The only emission is water. And there's still an engine and still an intake manifold and still uh, pistons and piston rings and connecting rods. And it's got tremendous potential. It burns three times as fast as gasoline. They built an LS3 and they've got it in a truck. It makes 500 horsepower. And they think this is just the beginning 
of maybe combustible hydrogen being used in racing applications and maybe even on the street. Think about your classic muscle car. And right now you run gasoline and what, what are you going to do? Oh my gosh. Red, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the rush song, right? Red Barchetta. Oh no, there's a law. Guess what? Zero emissions combustion. You can just switch it over. Could you imagine that? The answer is it's real. Go listen to the podcast. You'll be blown away. Totalseal.com. FTIperformance.com. Performance racing transmissions. Torque converters. FTI. been doing it for over 10 years, and they have got a stranglehold on some of the winning uh, race drivers out there. Any given weekend, you look at the people who go to the final round and are successful. FTIperformance.com. We're going to get you updated all year long. Paul Lee and the team putting together a full driveline company with uh, McLeod and FTI. They've got the clutch side. They've got the uh, automatic side for bracket racers and mega trucks, like not even monster trucks, mega trucks and more, which is like a monster truck, but bigger and more powerful. Go to FTIperformance.com to find out more information. Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Start your education at full speed. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, where you can drive a dragster. And then my buddy, Marvin Rodak at RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com. Uh, hot sauces and spice rubs and everything good. And a quick shout out to my friend, Matt Clark, who running down there in Australia this past weekend, ended up in the wall, pancaked the side of his race car, but he is okay. Um, he had him on the Ignition Show. If you want to hear a report about Matt Clark from Australia, Matt in Australia, listen to the Ignition Show. Let's see what everybody's got to say out there as we wait for E, right? We wait for E. Okay, so this is the thing I don't like about Twitch. I always get interesting stuff on there. Hey, Joe, I bought an HRA.TV. Wow, what an amazing package. Just letting you know, uh, $183 Canadian, 130 in the US. Okay, so Zap Wild, here's the deal. It is an amazing package. There was a little glitch. It was down for like 10 minutes for people who were just signing on. If you were on watching, you were able to watch. But the Platinum NHRA membership is the best of value because you get NHRA National Dragster, all the NHRA member benefits, and NHRA.tv. Um, you didn't do anything wrong by any means, but if you calculate, if you calculate, Erica is texting me. I'm going to say, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is live. Um, if you calculate cost per hour, starting at eight in the morning and going till about 5 p.m. on Sunday night, and the fact that you get to enjoy the entire event, every category, cost per hour, it's pennies. It's pennies. It's the greatest. Rick Beck, I'm not a fan of the electric car movement. Well, exactly, Rick. Some people aren't. I'm okay with them. Honestly, I'm not against them. I think that there's a place for both. But that's the thing. There should be a place for both. And so down the road, if you could just convert your combustion engine classic to combustible hydrogen, make as much power or more power, not pollute and pay less per unit. That's a great option to have. Listen to the podcast, Rick. You'll check it out. Hidden Horsepower presented by Total Seal. Let's see. Ask her what happened to Aaron's engine after the semifinals. It would have been an even better final if it wasn't uh, hurt. Yeah, definitely. But he was on a mission. That's the thing, guys. She was on a mission. And we're going to talk to her about it. Let's see what Lonnie says. Joe, can Fox Sports at least broadcast your Let's Burn Some Nitro at the start uh, of the race over the air. <laughs> That's not my call. That is not my call. And it would be kind of out of nowhere, Lonnie. I definitely like it. Um, and you seem to like it for the first time in 2022. Let's burn some nitro. 
Hopefully you're liking that, man. I'm trying to do something big. I'm trying to make it seem like a big event and have the feel. Uh, we'll see. Are you out of the side logo hats? I'm not out of them. We have one, two, three, four, five side logo hats left. And they are they are all right here. Now, the whole side logo hat, where is it? Right? This is kind of the style everybody is doing this. Sue Morris was like, got to go side logo. And the first batch actually came with the center logo. So I just took one of those myself. But after seeing um, so many people out there, Jim, one of our listeners, and uh, this young lady named Britt, who is now a Patreon, she reached out and she put, she's the one who put the WFO sticker on her cutlass, right? Uh, that I showed you guys last week. And I was so honored and amazed. This was her car. And I was stunned to see people with the WFO. How come I just can't figure out how to get it there? Because everything's backwards in the in the camera. There's five of these left. Now, if people were interested, I could always reorder. Hats are a little more complex, though, than the T-shirts. Like, I can't offload that to some company. Um, but yeah, email me, joe at wforadio.com if you're interested. Maybe we can get you one. Let's see. Derek says, better late than never. Good job. I'm on the couch waiting for sunshine. Gary, great job. Thank you so much. Uh, Max says, we have to make sure Erica talks about the keyboard, keyboard warrior. Yeah. Yeah. No, Erica, as you guys know, I'm a fan. She impresses the heck out of me. She had surgery last year. Her shoulder was injured. Does anybody remember Erica complaining about pain in her shoulder last year at all at any point? Does anybody remember Erica like even really talking about it at any point? Girls in pain. Think about what you're doing with your right arm in a pro stock car. Ripping those gears, holding it in gear. Never heard a, a peep. Totally forgot about Factory X. Did it run this weekend? No, it did not. There's no cars just yet, Derek. No cars just yet. So we'll connect with Erica here in a couple of minutes from now. Hopefully she'll be on there. Uh, don't mess with E. Here's Courtney. Courtney, where is she? I got Courtney out there. Go for Joe. Go for Courtney. Yeah. Can't get it on your site. No, no. Heiner wants one. Heiner wants one. Everyone's okay. So there it is. So there's now there are four side logo hats available. The first four people that email me will have the option to purchase one. They're not that expensive. I think I asked like what? I don't even know. I think it's 25 or 30 bucks. Hat price. You guys know. Heiner will get one for free though because he creates content with us, right? Son gets me an HRA TV for my birthday every year. You know, it all depends, man. I don't want to say to anybody what's cheap and what's not cheap. But for the content you get, same thing. People complain about the ticket prices, right? Oh my gosh, $70 or whatever it is. It's like, well, yeah, but you can get there at eight in the morning and stay all day and have countless experiences and build unbelievable relationships. Can't do that at the NFL. Can't do that. Derek Green, platinum membership. Yes, the only way to go, in my opinion. Good job, Derek, reporting the spam post on YouTube. They're gone now. Way to go. That's what the WFO universe is all about. Report, report, report. No spam. This guy wants uh, whatever he's doing, right? Let's see. Lonnie, right before WFO came on today, I watched Erica's Drive That uh, Beesh Back video, which I haven't even seen that. That's one of the great things that she does. Courtney, she's logging on right now as we speak. Erica, Erica, Erica. This is one millisecond. Courtney, what happened one millisecond later? One millisecond later. Just some great shots. E going up on stage. The fans. So amazing. Had a great experience. 
She got the job done. Look at this guy. Look at Freeman. The 900th pro stock race. But this one, this is my photography. I did this one. So right place, right time kind of sport, they say. All righty. Get ready. Coming to you. And she joins us now. Four-time champ, Erica Enders. Erica, we see you. Hi, Joe. How are you? Great. I'm great. Thank you for jumping on. I know you've been super busy here today. Sponsor stuff and everything. The 900th pro stock race. You won it. You you kind of been like close to the target on those milestone races a few times. You got this one. You got a couple in the past, but 900. Amazing. That's pretty cool. I I read a little bit about it before we came to Pomona, but then honestly forgot about it until we did some of the post-qualifying stuff on Friday night when we were the provisional number one qualifier. And uh, they had that Hearst shifter trophy in there. And I uh, I got re-excited about it. So, um, you know, we definitely had our goals set high coming into the season opener this weekend. And we were to we were able to execute it almost as perfectly as possible and, and get the job done. That is great. That is great. So we got a lot of questions. A lot of people are asking questions out there about uh, – you know, comments that you made in the winner's circle. We'll talk about that, but let's talk about the round by round because I think the comments can only be made after a uh, dominating victory, 13, 16, 12, the first three reaction times, uh, starting off number one qualifier. That doesn't always happen either for you guys. And you tested. This was a motivated team. I know you guys went to Mexico and had like a team building experience after the championship. Take me back to after the finals and how this thing like recovered from a, a, a difficult uh, loss. Cause you had a great year last year to re-energize and reinforce and come out and get this win. Yeah, it was, um, you know, we didn't have a terrible year last year. I, we won four races with the red car, um, a handful of other ones with Aaron Stanfield's car. And, um, you know, it wasn't awful. I was in six finals, won four of them, finished number two in the world. And, uh, you know, Greg honestly had the car to beat last year. He qualified on the pole, like, I don't even know, 12 or 15 of the 18 races and, and just had the car to beat. So we knew that we had to go to work in the off season. And my guys did just that. Uh, Jake Harrison, Kyle Bates, Kendall Long and Stephen Hurley back in the engine shop, of course, with the help of Carl Fultz, as I mentioned on the TV interview, um, these guys just just were hard at it all off season. And we found some power and you know, when you find power on the dyno, you always got to make it translate to the racetrack. And we were able to do just that. But this year is going to be super competitive. The The field is going to be stacked. I feel like if you can qualify, you have a shot at winning the race. So it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be different. But, um, you know, after the final round, we were just we were really proud of the way that, that things went down. Um, having said that, all the cars tested well in Bakersfield. We did a private test. We opted to not go to Phoenix because the fuel cars were there. And the last time we did that, we could only get two or three runs a day. When we go test by ourselves, we can get five or eight runs a day per car. So um, we, we went to Bakersfield and did that. All seven cars ran really well. Um, we got to Pomona and we had a significant issue with TJ's car shaking uh, the first and second qualifying sessions and as you know when you lose runs you're behind the eight ball and it's just hard to get after it after that and unfortunately he suffered a first round loss but at least it was at the hands of our teammate Aaron Stanfield um a couple of the quadra cars struggled as well so we're just um we're really trying to get a handle on everything and 
as you know, the year is long and I, I feel like we have a really bright future. So um, we're excited. We're excited to put a win in the column for, for Elite, to have an all Elite final of the four cars that were in the semis. Three of them belong to Elite. So that was pretty neat after what happened last year. So uh, it's going to be a fun season. Blake in Wyoming is out there. Blake was at the race, his first Winter Nationals. He says, thank you for inviting him to the Winter Circle. And I got to do a little interview with Blake out there. Just kind of one of the cool moments. Blake is a fan and he thinks you're going to be the champ this year. I love Blake. Um, he joined us in the Winter Circle at Norwalk last year. And when I saw him at the races this weekend, I was like, uh-oh, maybe you're my good luck charm. And it, and it worked out to, <laughs> to where he was. So um, he told me he's going to be in Denver this year. So we're really excited about that, too, because... I've never wanted that track either. So, um, cool. I'm glad Blake's watching. Hi, Blake. Yeah, Blake is a is diehard WFO. We love Blake as well. Mark says he loves that Hearst Shifter trophy. Congratulations. Not as much as you do, though, I'm sure. I do. I think it's awesome. I was I was telling Amanda at the top end, I said the only thing that would have been any cooler was if Linda Vaughn was there to, to hand it out because of her history for the Pro Stock class. But um, just a really neat way to... Um, just have a great memory for the 900th race in pro stock. And I'm really proud of the, of the impact that we've made on the class in just our short two decades uh, that we've been involved. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun and it was really cool to get that one done. I mentioned that we were in the finals for the thousandth national event in Vegas, where we lost to Dallas Glenn um, when the big hoopla was going on about a hundred national event wins for women. We won like 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 101, 102. We just missed the hundredth. So um, Courtney got that, which was really, really awesome. Um, but we were able to score the 150th for females. So we've kind of been in the mix of a, of a few really cool um, awards, but this one was definitely one that is very meaningful to us because it is all about pro stock. All about pro stock. All right. So you get around Christian, Christian Quadra. <clears throat> and uh, first of all, Aaron Stanfield. Do you know about Aaron and Joe Lee? I haven't seen any updates. I know he was like on, they were kind of holding, holding uh, Oakley back a little bit. Um, do you have an update? If you might not have an update, I'm totally putting you on the spot here, but I know within the team, maybe you do have an update. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I do. I want to let Aaron and Jolie share. Um, but I, I will tell you that, um, she was due on Saturday of next, but they were planning to induce so that he could be there for the birth of Oakley. And, um, I think that's all working out and I, I want Aaron and, and Jolie to be able to announce that it's, it's such a cool deal. I'm really excited for them to be new parents and, uh, we flew Aaron flew home on the jet with us the other day so he could get home and, and go to the doctor with Jolie on Monday and um, everything's going well. So uh, I'm excited for them. Good, good, good. Well, that, that was a good update right there. Jolie is normally the one who updates us and she's busy right now. That's what, so. <laughs> that's what my guys are telling Aaron. We always have to learn everything on Facebook. So you better call and tell us. So he was like, all right, I'm on it. That's ex exactly right. All right. So round two uh, against Dallas Glenn. I don't want to skip over Christian Quadra because he was 18. There's now an alliance between the two teams. I spoke with Fernando. I was a little sad because, man, Frank Iaconio. I love Frank Iaconio. He's like, no, man, Frank's part of this too. There's like this. Can you explain what's going on? Because it looks like a meeting of the minds and like taking a, a big collaboration uh, yeah, between yeah. – the Quadras and Iaconio and Elite and what you guys have been doing, but what's your perspective? Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm really excited about it. I've, I've never met a nicer family than the Quadras. If you've spent any time with the kids, um, they don't make any kids that are more respectful and kind and hardworking. I mean, those boys were up here. Um, they're 
they're super educated, right? They're getting their pilot's license. They drive pro stock cars. They speak multiple languages. They're they're brilliant and hardworking, but they they flew up a lot over the off season. We bought some property across the freeway from our Elite Motorsports headquarters, so it's just across the road, and we call it El Chapo, and that's where we keep all of their stuff over there. And um, of course, the engine shop is here, but um, those boys worked really hard. They bought a new rig, so they have two rigs out there with Fernando Senior, Fernando Junior, and Christian. And, uh, we're really excited to have them on board. Frank Iaconio is like a legend in pro stock. He's super brilliant. Um, and the guys are really excited to be working with him hand in hand. Um, Frank's still doing their engines. The Quadras bought a couple of motors off of us, but Frank's doing their engines and uh, Teeley's helping over there. But we dynoed their stuff against our stuff and they were within 10 horsepower. So he's building excellent power. Um, we're helping them with car setup with EFI tuning and with crew chiefing. So it's more of like a consulting deal. They still own and operate their entire team. Frank Iaconi is still building their engines. And then we're all just working together on that. But I will tell you, those boys will be a force to be reckoned with. Like, like you mentioned, Christian was 18 against the tree and you can take a ruler and put it across their shift points. Um, they're just really gonna be a huge asset to this class and, and nobody will take them lightly for very long, that's for sure. Love it. Love it. So you get around Christian though. And what was a really good race. And then you got to run Dallas Glenn. Dallas is 27. You're 16 and you outran him. Uh, he was the nemesis for everybody last year. And that set up the big run in the semifinals against you against Greg. You're 12, 56, nine. But I think the story was Greg was adrenaline up after that run. And you're not supposed to be able to read the side of a pro stock door <laughs> from the starting line. Um, you in the media center, because some people are getting after Greg now, right? For being angry. And, and he did say some things after the race about the track and the prep and everything. But you in the media center, you said that that run was a little odd too. You did get down though. And you had a, you had a great run. So what was up on that run, if anything? And, um, you know, you left first, you got the win. Take me through. <laughs> well, I didn't see his interview. I did. I do know that the TV cameras went over to him after we beat him. So it's kind of like, man, what's going on? You know, I always put it in high gear and glance over when I didn't see him there. I look back and see our wind light come on. So I didn't know that he didn't get down at that point until he pulled off. And I, I saw his parachutes were still loaded. So I knew something interesting happened. But I mean, starting from the beginning, the track surface was completely different, right? They did some work on the racetrack, and I feel like collectively it was a lot better. I was talking to Robert Height and Justin Ashley on the way to the winner's circle, and they were saying how much greater it was for them, and I feel like we didn't have really any issues with it. I will say that during the semifinals when Greg Anderson and I were having to run each other, um, we were the first pair out, which you get to be last pair the faster you are. So the slower you are, the closer to the front you are, and we were first pair out. So that's definitely something that's interesting in pro stock, but he had lane choice. He selected the right lane and we were in the left lane and both, I had both lanes all day long. Like the first two rounds I had lane choice, the second two rounds I did not have lane choice. So I was in the left lane for the semis and the right lane for the finals without having lane choice. So that tells you how similar the track was prepared lane to lane, but um, I feel like, he probably got out of the groove. Um, I know that my car kind of, I, I hooked a little bit and brought it back. And as I brought it back, it just kind of kept pulling, pulling, pulling towards the center line. And, you know, I have the wheel cranked and uh, I'm just, you can feel the, the tires spinning underneath you a little bit. So I was a little bit loose, but apparently he was way looser and had to abort the run. But 
you're right, you should never see the side of a car, of a pro stock car or any race car on a drag strip, but um, sometimes that's just what happens. And if you want to go back to the world finals in November, it was a freaking one lane racetrack, but I didn't say anything about that. So Dallas Glenn shook in front of me. We were up for the semifinals against Greg Anderson. If I won, had to go on to beat Kyle Kretzky in the finals to, to win the world championship. But, you know, had it been an equally prepared racetrack, I would have had a shot because we had four in the bank going past the tree. So, um, you know, sometimes you're dealt certain things that you just have to deal with. And it's unfortunate because we all expect to have a, a safe racing surface, but I just feel like you got out of the groove a little bit and it's harder to recover. Got it. Final round. So you, you've won at that point, right? Because elite motorsports and you, you've been very clear how you guys view it as a team. Aaron gets to the final. You're in the final. Elite has won. It's great. Now it's going to be like who within elite is going to do it. And you're on a mission. And then Aaron's got an engine problem. And so the guys, it's not like they're celebrating or anything, but now it's like thrash time. Tell us about, uh, you know, it, it doesn't affect you necessarily, except everybody's got to go to work over there. And they, they swung an engine pretty rapidly, from what I understand. Absolutely. So Aaron, when he clutched it, um, his engine pretty much exploded. Um, it shot stuff out the intake manifold, out the throttle body, and it shot stuff out the oil pan. So um, when they came back, they took the snout off. Aaron was telling us that there were pieces of piston hanging out of the throttle body. So um that engine was just absolutely destroyed. There was nothing on it that was salvageable for the final round. So what? There were pieces of piston coming out the throttle body. Yeah, look, I've been doing this a long time, and I've never seen piston come out of the throttle body. But <laughs> oh. I've seen a lot of crap exit engines at a high rate of speed, but uh, not necessarily so much in pro stock. So it was uh, it's definitely interesting. We're not sure why we're having some parts failure with that stuff, but the guys came back and. You know, TJ's guys, a couple of my guys, a couple of the Quadra guys, they all jumped in and helped Aaron get an engine swap for the final round. And unfortunately, it had like a huge misfire. So that's why he had to shut off. I know they said on the broadcast that he shook. He did not shake. Um, it was running on seven cylinders. And when he decked it, he said it sounded like it was coming apart again. So um, he had to abort that run, which is unfortunate because you want to run for the money in the final round. But either way, at least in elite motorsports, Car one, um, we knew when we went up there that that we were winning, and that's all that matters. So, excellent, excellent, uh, yeah. And um, but your comments in the winner's circle were really interesting, right? Like you, you, you said a couple of things, and someone asked way early in the interview. It just wasn't time to talk about it at that point, but now it is, right? You said no more Miss Nice Erica, right? And that you have this new determined. And I like it. I like intensity. I like intensity of athletes, especially people like somebody, um, which I don't know who it was, maybe just some guy you said in his basement, whatever. They're <laughs> always going to say stuff to people, about especially high-performing athletes, et cetera. But you're motivated, and you're not afraid to say stuff. Like So go into that a little bit. So I feel like there's like a lot that goes into that. This is my 18th season racing pro stock. I, I started when I was 19, 20 years old and I, uh, I was pretty shy. Like I used to make my sister go to ask for ketchup at a restaurant. Like that's how shy I was. So this sport has definitely given me a lot. It's taught me a lot. It's made me a little bit more outgoing. Um, having said that, you know, being a female out here is a little bit different. I don't like talking about that aspect of it, but you got to, acquire some thick skin and over the years I have and, and the Freeman bunch has definitely, definitely helped me with that um 
but I'm just honestly I'm just sick of the crap like here we are racing we have the opportunity to race for a world championship every single year that I've been with elite motorsports minus the year that we drove the Dodge because that sucked but um, every year we have an opportunity to run for a world championship and I think it speaks volumes of, about the team that I'm with about the equipment that we have about the, the men that spend all of their time um, dedicating to our program so um, I just feel like you know people don't have a huge amount of respect for what it takes to get it done at this level. And that includes some people that are involved in our class, like that are newbies and, and coming in and they think they're just gonna take a crack at it and, and stand on the stage at the end of the year. Granted, the road's a little bit easier now, but it this this shit is hard and it is it is grueling and it will take years off of your life, but it also gives you a lot of really great things on the other side of it. So long story short too late for that like I said no more miss nice Erica because I'm sick of it this is this is a huge blessing to be able to do this and I'm not letting somebody come in and take something that we've worked hard for and we've earned I'm not saying that we deserve it over anybody else please don't take it that way because I don't want to read the emails I just I feel like it takes a lot of hard work it takes a lot of grit a lot of determination and there are way more valleys than there are peaks but um I'm coming after it. I, we have a fire, all of us here at Elite have a fire lit under our butts for this year. And and then to go forward to the to the comment about that guy, like I never address people that talk crap. I just I just don't because it's always the people that know the least that have the most to say. That it's the people that have never driven anything or accomplished anything in their life. And they want to go out and tear you and your operation down when they have nothing to show for anything and, and they have zero consequence to pay for it because they sit behind a keyboard. Like I said, I'm on the couch in their mom's basement and they talk all this crap. Well, if, if you want to say that stuff, go out and raise the money, buy all the equipment and have the assets, find a motor program or build your own and come out here and see if you can get to the water box without having to take your fire suit to the dry cleaners. That's how I feel about it. No, I love I love that. Angie Smith is out there. Angie, as you know, huge fan of you. You guys are great friends. I like it. I love mean Erica. She's a badass. <laughs> no one could ever take it from her. But okay, but on that though, it's not mean. You're not mean. Not mean. It's not mean. It's uh, although there's a lot of fun with nicknames there that we could have. Like I kind of thought of it, but this you're not evil, but evil E. You know, the evil dark e. evil E, the dark side of Erica, right? Like, no, man. <laughs> I'm not just going to be this nice person just smiling into your face when you're kind of crapping on me behind the scenes. No, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm a four-time champ. I don't need to do that. It doesn't make you evil, but boy, evil E sounds cool. Uh, <laughs> mean E, mean Erica, mean E, that kind of stuff. No more Miss Nice Erica. But it all is the point that um, that stuff is stopping this year if, you, if you're, you're bringing it you're bringing it in 22. I, I feel like we are. And I feel like everybody here is on board with that. And I'm excited no matter what happens, no matter where we finish, I know what's ahead of us. I know that there are going to be really hard fought battles. I know that there are going to be races that don't fall our way. I know we will have parts failure. I know that racetracks will be crappy and unfair sometimes. Like there are a lot of things that lie ahead of us, but just know that we have an optimistic attitude and that we are prepared when we leave the shop to park that milling performance Chevy Camaro in the winter circle every single time we have a chance to. So you know, I, just to go back a little bit, I feel like, you know, I really take a lot of pride in, in how we've put this program together. 
and the journey that it took to get here, you know, um, driving for Victor Cagnazzi at first and having to raise the funding and then buying the operation from Don Schumacher and racing as Enders Racing for a year and then, you know, sitting out for a half of a season because we didn't have funding and then driving for Jim Cunningham and never qualifying except for a handful of times for three years. And then having a chance to go back to Victor and then being here at Elite, like just a quick summary of my 18 years in pro stock, like it has not been an easy road to hoe. And, and I feel like there is no better time than now. And, and I tried to make as a kid starting, like it's, it's hard to know everything that's happening. And of course I had really great guys from my dad and my team owners at the time, but like I tried to always make the right decisions. I tried to do everything with pride. I tried to, you know, it's interesting to live your life in a fishbowl. Yes, our world is small. And once you get out of it, nobody really cares. But but in this world, everybody cares and it, and it matters because we dedicate our whole lives to it. So I tried to kind of make all the right decisions. I tried to do it all right. You know, the bathing suit stuff, the this, the that, the different opportunities as a female. Like I just always tried to make the right decisions. And my dad always said that you don't have to care what anybody thinks except God, your family, and yourself. So that's kind of how I've tried to live the career. It's been tumultuous at times, but I'm I'm proud of where we're at. And I feel like, again, there's no better time than now to execute. I love it. I love it. And I think it's a great explanation. And that's what people need to know. And, you know, respect sometimes needs to be taken. But at the same time, you got you to realize, and I know you do realize, like, consider the source, right? And we see it. Um, stuff that we do, like, you know, consider the source, like that person in the basement, but you know what? <laughs> we just shared a very special moment together. Do you want to know what it was? What was it? 2.22 PM on 2.22.22. How about that? Yes. It's Tuesday. So, That's what they said. <laughs> it's Tuesday, right. Tuesday, 2.22 <laughs> PM on 2.22.22. Uh, you were on WFO talking about a victory <clears throat> at that. There'll never Sorry. be another one, Joe. And we got to spend it together. Isn't that great? Super it's excited. Cool. Your first winter nationals you won starting off strong. That is very meaningful. And we're getting ready for Arizona, which I, I, I didn't post it. Right. But my last rem remembrance of life before COVID happened and all that was you on stage and we together, Courtney, Nikki Sheely from NHRA social media department, myself after the race in Arizona, 2020, talking about how it was going to be the best year ever, et cetera. And so on. We all know what happened, but here we are now you were on the stage again in the middle of the track, surrounded by thousands of fans who are all celebrating and having a good time. And to me, there's something there, right? Like there's some sort of juxtaposition as we get ready to go back to Arizona. How are you feeling about it? I wish you would have shared that photo that you shared with me. It was really cool, the side-by-side -side of the two. But right before the bottom fell out um, with COVID, that was our last winter circle. And it was so cool to be part of the first winter circle back. My sister even said that on Friday. She's like, if you could win this weekend, it's the first real like driver introductions on Sunday and the first real winter circle. So it's definitely exciting, Joe, to to get off the pickup truck and wade your way through the crowd of people and get on stage with Alan Reinhardt and you and, and just look out and all you see is this huge sea of people that love our sport as much as we do. And they, they loved it enough to stay after the fact, to celebrate with the, the drivers and the teams that won. And 
it's just like it's a feeling that's replaced by nothing else kind of like when you throw the parachutes hit the clutch and you see the wind light come on on the guard wall like those feelings are something that one day when this is all over that I will probably dearly miss because there's not much that gets you that excited and amped up so I'm thankful to have been a part of it I'm really excited for the rest of the season that things are going to be back to normal as they can be and the fact that it happened first in the state of California where we were before we headed out there we were supposed to have to wear masks and do all this other crap and we didn't have to so I think that's a, a good indication of, of how the rest of the year is going to go because they're the most probably liberal state we visit so it'll it'll be great and I'm really excited absolutely well that means that means everything right that means everything like even even they they're very concerned they're very concerned but you know what take the masks off no vax id to go in no testing to go in anybody go in get out on the track and we all enjoyed it and it was crazy because when i got to the airport and the masks were back on i was like oh yeah it's funny how at least rapidly i adapted back to uh normal normalcy erica thank you for sharing your uh your true opinions here on wfo it, it's so meaningful because that's what I want this show to be for fans. I want fans to come here and know they're going to get the straight story. Good, bad, otherwise, happy or sad. They're going to get the straight story on WFO. That's going to help us grow. Thank you for doing that. Well, thank you. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. And I know that there'll be opinions on both sides, but I want people to understand that we're real and and we have feelings. And this is, this is how stuff works. Like when you dedicate your entire life to something, you take a lot of pride in it and you you want to do well at it. Obviously you can't win every race, but you want to do well at it and you want to be able to show the people that don't believe in what you do, why they should. And that's kind of just, that's kind of just what I want to do. And I want to, I want people to know that that are so awfully mean about us and our team and, and other teams out there that come on in, the water's fine. You can come do it too. Well, exactly. Yeah, right. Bracket race before you complain. Jeff says it's great to see you drive that bitch back, and that video is up, right? That video is available. It's out there. People can go watch right now. Yep, Courtney. Uh, Courtney posted it before she headed out from the racetrack on Sunday night, and I think it's up on Erica Anders Racing on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm sure it's on her pages as well, Elite Motorsports. But um, definitely, just like a fun tradition that we have. And it kind of came out of nowhere starting in Charlotte in 2018. And just randomly, that's what came out of my mouth and, and it stuck and the fans have been really receptive and really fun about it. And it's really cool to see, like when you tow back from the scales, they're, they're hanging over the fence saying, drive the bitch back. And, you know, it, it's just a really cool deal. So I'm, I'm excited and happy that I get to share that with my sister. And we, we have a lot of fun doing that. Love it. <laughs> created a thing i'll see you in a few days all right joe thank you so much there she goes erica enders the four-time pro stock world champion here on wfo radio and there you go folks the winners from the lucas oil winter nationals presented by protect the harvest you had erica you had justin you had robert all in one day tomorrow alan reiner will be back to give his perspective and if you've got a comment put it in the comment section right now let's see what you've got to say as we get ready to bounce on out of here i can tell you that she's right this is drag racing you don't need a charter you don't need to know someone if you're a successful person and you think you can do it, or if you're in your mom's basement and you think you can do it, go do it, go do it and go find some money and go get a license and go start talking the talk. And she will be there waiting at the end to see, uh, you know, for you to, for you to try to, to beat, except chances are you won't get there. 
because just getting there is a miracle of success to just get to pro stock. And people don't understand. And it's our job to make them understand. And sometimes making them understand is going to be like a nice, fun, positive thing. And sometimes it's really good to have it be a little more abrasive. And I appreciate, you know, evil E or mean E or <clears throat> no more Miss Nice Erica, whatever you want to call it. Um, if if in any other situation, nobody would think twice about it. I like it. I like the straight shooter. I like a straight shooter no matter who it is. And uh, and she's doing a great job. Let's see what your final comments are. Jonathan. Joe, love you, buddy. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate you. Courtney. Great show, Joe, sharing these wild moments with you. Likewise, Courtney. Appreciate both of you guys. You do a great job. Can't wait to go see the video. I've yet to see the video. Let's see. Uh, live what you do. Love your show, especially when my girls are on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm guessing that's Mama Enders, but I'm not exactly sure because the comment is not in there. Uh, fun show, Joe, and it's going to be a great season. And let's end on that, right? This season is going to be the best season ever in all of our Camping World Series categories. It's going to be the best season ever. We are all, like we've had this thing happen to us over the past couple of years that is now hopefully receding into the rearview mirror. And we can all focus on what is the most important having fun, appreciating our lives, going, doing great things with each other, enjoying the competition. However, the competition turns out. That's what it's all about. We're going to Arizona this week. Are you anywhere near there? I was working hard to get the fans from Pomona to come enjoy back-to-back -back races. Yes, you can come to two races in a row. That is allowed. There's no thing. Oh, you were here last week, Johnson. Sorry, you can't come back. No, you're allowed to go. Come to the race. Enjoy the race up close. Wear your driver's gear celebrate, be ready to have a great time. And then soon we're heading to Gainesville. People are talking about Gainesville already. East Coast opener. It's going to be massive. The Pep Boys Top Fuel call-out is going to be there. We got the Garlets induction ceremony on Thursday, which tickets are still available. You can get in on that. Come hang out and watch me and Garlets. Amazing. All right, couple of seconds. Yeah. How about Cody Lane and Comp? Let's give the winners. We'll talk about this tomorrow, but I'll give everybody the winners. Obviously, Cody Lane wins comp. Ken Etter in the 93 Dodge Shadow. That was the one that had me going. Took down Jimmy DeFrank. I, I was almost going to write Jimmy on my paper, but I didn't. Leo Glassbrenner, James Glenn, who has no relation to Dallas. Ed Olpen, Don Mazier, and Mo Trujillo, who lost his dad at the end of last year. Goes out and gets the victory. By the way, Mike Coughlin, Shane Westerfield. Mike Coughlin has now won in five different categories. The comp, amazing. And that's the kind of season we're going to have. And here's what I will ask of all of you. Yes, there's an ask. There's an ask, okay? The ask is get into it. Follow the points. Follow the drivers on social. Hopefully watch WFO and share our show. WFO Radio TV on YouTube is the best way. But stay stay in it. There's, there's fans, you know, I go to see the fast cars. Wow, look how fast they are. Wow, they are fast. And listen to how loud they are. They're super loud. Wow, fast and loud. That's cool. Let's go home. And then they don't think about drag racing again. That's not, that's good. It's okay. We're not chasing those people away by any means, but it's much better when people know that Aaron and Jolie Stanfield are at home waiting the birth of their child. It's much better to know that there's rivalries and that this one and this one, there's friction. That's when it gets super fun, guys. That's when it gets super fun that Michael Heiner is out there and that he loves formula. Good weekend for you, Heiner. You guys, I think you did, you did well. I mean, not exactly where you want to be. I want to get you on one of these winter shows. But good job. Let's see what uh, Scott says. Great show. 
I'll go get E's uh, ketchup anytime. That's a, absolutely. Uh, Erica, one of the greatest drag racers to ever drag race. Think about it. One of the greatest drag racers to ever drag race in history. It's, it's um, you know, compared to any other sport. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right, guys. We're out. Appreciate everybody who came on the show. Justin Ashley. Hope Jim Epler. Like, I, we don't have to extend for the whole year, but a couple more races with that Phillips Connect machine would be great. And Robert Height, confident about John, confident about the team. Guys, if you could have seen Jimmy Proc, how happy he was. But they missed out on the Jimmy Austin double by, like, that much. Justin Ashley had something to say for it. Austin, though, is real. And you know, real, no real. Right? Recognize? Nitro Clowns Unite. Exactly. Those of us. Swimming upstream against the river of vanilla regular sportsdom. Not that I'm against the NFL or Major League Baseball or the NBA. But it's not drag racing. To be involved in drag racing, there's just got to be more. The people that are out there are just seeking a little bit more than the smell of the field, the green of the grass, and the crack of the bat, and the smell of a hot dog. And I love baseball. They're seeking this more intensity, this adrenaline, the sound, the shaking of the earth around you, the shock wave of combustion. That's what we're out there looking for sound of a burnout the smell of nitro that's what we're looking for and we've got room we've got room for more but it's not a sport for just everybody we got to grow this thing by 20 percent to fundamentally change the lives of the people involved thanks to ftiperformance.com total seal sam tech frank hawley marvin rodak all you patreons who support this show we have four of these hats remaining now. Only four, because Michael Heiner just got one. And I'll make more. Joe at WFORadio.com, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you tomorrow with Alan Reinhardt for a full event breakdown.